Hey, welcome to Annotated ELA, a podcast for ELA teachers looking for ways to engage and motivate your students to be better readers, writers, communicators, and people. I'm your host, Melissa, a classroom teacher with 20 years experience in middle school. Join me right here each week for practical tips, stories, inspiration, and actionable strategies to use in your classroom and some laughs. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Welcome back, friends. I am excited you're joining me as we discuss closing out the classroom for the year. This is the second episode in the end of year closeout series. Let's get to it. Today, we're going to talk about setting up systems in more in-depth to prepare for success for next year. So closing everything out this year so that we're more prepared and not searching for things next year. I can say that especially this year, for some reason, I am feeling, and when I say this year, it is the end of school year 2023. I don't want to pack up. I'm tired and I just want to throw it all in a shelf or in a box and hide it and go away for the summer. Unfortunately, that is not my reality this year because I am moving classrooms. So I have to get things packed up and I know that my future fall teacher self will thank me if I do it more intentionally to set up for my new classroom. So making a system for filing physical papers, you can use file folders, binders, folders, etc. for keeping papers for lessons and laminated pieces together. I do use folders for some things, file folders. I do have a filing cabinet where I keep some things. I definitely keep nurse passes and all of that together in one place, not just my personal files, but those files that are needed for school. And I will keep smaller activities, mini lessons in file folders if they don't belong with a larger unit. I love to keep unit plans in binders. I do have them digitally. However, if there are printed pieces of that lesson plan or that unit, I like to keep those papers for easy access just to make copies next year if that's what I choose to do. Yes, we do a lot of things on Google Classroom and you might call me old school, but I do think that using pencil and paper and coloring and being creative, especially with the advancement in all of the technology, yes, AI writers, I am talking to you. Sometimes I just want my students to be creative and especially those students who love to do that and that's where they shine. So I do keep binders of papers for unit plans and lessons. It's my favorite way to store everything. I spent a summer a few years ago sorting everything into binders and labeling them for easy access for my units. And now as I make new units, I create new binders, which is making life a lot easier If I have smaller lessons, these file folders that I mentioned that will be in the show notes do a beautiful job of holding even pieces and things that I might need if we have extra manipulatives for the lesson. Digital filing is definitely my downfall. I have been in six different schools in 20 years, which may not sound good, but it is on on paper. It doesn't sound like, wow, she's moved a lot, but it has always been for the betterment of my family. So being in all of these different schools means that I've worked with so many different amazing colleagues and my digital files are a bit of a mess. And that's actually a goal for me this year to really go through and purge. It's because I have so many and I think there's so much that I'm not using. I need to sit down and spend some time getting rid of things and then reorganizing. Like I have two folders for the color of my words unit that we do by Lynn Joseph, the novel. I was like, why do I have two of these? I'm working on it. 
So make sure that you have a good system for your digital files. I have a sixth grade, a seventh grade, and an eighth grade file folder. When I get in, we use Google Drive. We do have Teams and things have merged that way. But when I assign things to students, we use Google Classroom. So I save all of that into Google Drive because it's easier to grab it. Of course, that makes it hard too to digitally store when my school uses two different systems. But for the students and for lessons and for sharing especially, we had a folder before we got OneDrive and Teams. We had a folder in Google that was a shared folder for the entire ELA department and then for each grade level within ELA. So there are a lot of lessons and assignments that we've created together or that we've dropped in there for each other. So I really am focusing on organizing my Google Drive this year. And as I was stating before I went off on this sidetrack, I have a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade folder. And then within that, I have lessons, units, and other folders to match up with what we do for each grade. And since I'm moving a classroom, that also means this year that I'm moving grade levels. I will be adding new files, I am sure, when I start collaborating and working with my new ELA partner. Point number one was to create a system. And I know I could go more in depth, but I think having a system is really personal. So make it work for you. And you might already have an amazing system in place for your physical and digital files. Keep rocking it. Number two is to organize those important papers and clear the clutter, even that digital clutter, which is something I was just talking about. I mentioned in the last episode that I have a folder that I stuff papers in throughout the year, and it's the I might need this folder. And I use that not just at the end of the year, but all through the year. I just stuff papers in there that I'm not sure what to do with throughout the year. I don't know if you sometimes right before a break or maybe just you're tired one day and you're like, ooh, let's do this. And you do something with your students or you're handed something at a staff meeting and you're like, I don't really know where I want to store this or file it. I just shove it in that folder and I deal with it twice a year, right before winter break and right before the end of the year and figure out where I want to store it or how I want to file it or if I want to get rid of it. Sometimes if it's a whole brand new unit and I'm waiting to see how it goes, I don't always file it or put it in a binder right away. I'll keep it in a folder and then wait until we're finished or wait until I'm ready to deal with it, which I know might sound lazy, but I am a batcher when it comes to organizing and filing. When I'm in the mood, I sit down and I get it done. And so having it all ready to be done is really helpful. As I start going through that file folder or any other miscellaneous papers that I might have, and this is physical papers, I have a bin sitting next to me and I will throw anything that I want to keep in that bin. And the stuff I'm not keeping goes right in the recycle bin in that moment. For my digital files, I've actually created a folder in my digital files also called, I might need this later. I'll toss the files in there and as I'm going through them, I'll move them to my desktop if I want to keep them and then I'll delete the ones I don't. And I did create a folder on my desktop just called keep for now and I'll put them in there so that when I'm ready to put them where I want them, I'll grab it from that folder and I don't have a bunch of files cluttering up my desktop, especially because IT gets really cranky when they come and they see I have stuff on my desktop because we're not supposed to save things there. And I try not to. It's just files that I'm not sure what to do with yet. Number one is to create a system. And then number two is to organize all of the papers using that system. Step number three is to label everything. And this is not necessarily your files. Yes, of course you have labels for your physical files, whether it's in a file folder or a binder. And of course you have labels for all of your digital files. When I say label everything, I am talking about your furniture. I save that until the last week 
because I assign that to a student helper. I just give them some painter's tape and have them write my name on it and stick it on all the furniture in the classroom, which saves me so much time. But I'm also talking about labeling bins for books that you might have to pack up or manipulatives you have, or posters if you have to take everything down in your classroom, or anchor charts. Labeling all of your bins and having everything ready for when you do pack and deconstruct your classroom, which again I save until the last week of school, is so helpful. And I like to label it, especially my bins that are not see-through, so that when I'm putting them in cabinets, I know what's in there. If the bin is see-through, I still label it, but it's a very simple label. It's the bins that I can't see into that I create more of an extended listed label so that I know if it says classroom decorations, I'll put for what seasons because I have some of the seasons together, such as I'll have Halloween, kind of a fall theme, and then a winter theme right before break. And I keep all of those in one bin. So I keep a more extensive list. And an idea that has just come up is taking my list and turning it into a QR code and slapping the QR code on the bin so that I can just scan it with my phone and know. And I love that idea, but that's also an extra step in order to save myself time if it has a QR code it will still say classroom decorations October November and December and then if I want to know exactly which decorations are in there because some of my December decorations do spill into another bin I'll scan the QR code however it also doesn't take a lot of time to pull it out and look inside but depending on how big your bins are having a better labeling system will save you time and eliminate the need for you having to dig through everything number four is storing with a purpose So now that I have all of my bins labeled and ready to go, and I've labeled everything that's going in there, I sort through clean my cabinets and files, and then I label my shelves. I know this sounds a little extra, and you may not have the time for that, and that's fine. But I have found that my smaller bins that might hold manipulatives, or if I'm packing up crayons, tape, glue, scissors, whatever I might keep, smaller items get pushed to the back and then I can't see them, especially if I'm not standing on my step stool to see what's inside of there. So by labeling my shelves, I know what's on that shelf and I know exactly where to go and where to dig around. And I still might need to dig, but at least I'm digging in the right shelf, right? So I know it sounds extra and the classroom I'm moving to doesn't have any cabinets, which is going to pose a whole other issue for me storing things because the classroom I'm in now has beautiful cabinets that I've spent time labeling and setting up. But again, if you have the time, do it. Just print off with your label maker or even have a student stick them on the shelves for you that last week if you have students old enough and you trust them to do it. Source out whatever work you can that last week with your students. They love to help. And I know that we still are learning and working, but those last couple of days, my students are helping me tear things down, put things away, and they love it. And for the students that don't want to help, I have a fun little activity for them that they're working on, usually kind of a one-pager about the end of the year, or they're writing notes to their teachers, just little things to keep them engaged and working. And it feels important to them while the others are helping. If you're not feeling like doing it, save it and have a student do it who you trust to do it well. Make sure that you've just labeled in a way that works for you. I cannot stress that enough. I'm giving all of these tips that are probably Pinterest worthy. And let me be honest, (laughs) my classroom and my life are far from Pinterest worthy. I just do what works for me when I have the time and the space and the energy to do it. 
and I do have my students help me. There is no shame in that, especially in the middle school level. Let me get on my soapbox for a minute. I think that organization is a skill and middle schoolers are learning it and having them help me organize and put things away is huge for them. Spatial awareness is huge for them. It gives a new understanding and so I don't feel the least bit guilty because I feel like at middle school, I'm helping them become these little people that are going to thrive in the world. And that's not always about my content. Sometimes that's just about what we do in life, the scheduling, the organizing, the bringing it all together. And that's really important. And I love having their help. But again, you do what works for you because it's your room. It's your stuff. It's you. And if it's not working for you, then it's not going to work. As we know very well, when we're creating lessons and doing things in our classroom, it has to work for us if it's going to work at all. Now that I'm off that, when you're storing, just do what works for you. And finally, while I am doing all of this, this is number five, I'm making a list of my supply needs. So as I'm cleaning out and filing, I make a list of what I need to purchase. This is especially important when I am packing up crayons, colored pencils, markers, glue, hot tip on the glue, glue sponges. If you want to know more about glue sponges, send me a DM over at Instagram. I will hook you up with glue sponges. I haven't had to buy glue in a couple years glue sponges. I inventory what I need and then I buy only what I need instead of going out and buying it all every year, which is okay too because I have a bin full of crayons and color pencils and markers and all of the needs for my students, but it's nice to know exactly what to get and not just feel like I'm walking in spending all of this money that I didn't need to spend. And this is true even for my teacher needs. While yes, I am lucky enough to have a little bit of supply at school, I do buy things for myself and so keeping that list of what I need is helpful. And let me be honest, I don't have an inventory list before this. I'm not tracking my inventory all year. This is just at the end of the year as I'm cleaning up, I keep a piece of paper or a pad of sticky notes with me and I'll write down what I need to purchase. And then I go purchase it. And of course, throughout the year, I'm monitoring what we might need And sometimes halfway through the year, I'll replenish. But if I need more manipulatives or if I'm making a new anchor chart or I'm getting rid of some decorations in my classroom because I've had them forever and they are raggedy, I will write that down to try and replenish that when the time comes. And that's just helpful. It's just another way for me to organize myself. So let's recap. Make a system to file and store your digital and physical files. Sort through important papers and use your system to store them and file them, label bins, binders, folders, label everything, furniture, label it all, store with a purpose and label your shelves if that's going to work for you. And finally, as you're doing all of this, inventory your supply needs so that you're only buying what you need. I'm so excited to end out the year and I hope that you found this episode helpful. If you would love an end of the year checklist, you can check that out at annotatedela.com slash free for my end of year checklist. Until next time, bye for now. Thanks for hanging out with me and listening to today's episode. For more support with all things ELA, visit my free resource page on my website at annotatedela.com slash free. Until next time, friends, remember, the magic is in the process.